0: This is Rugga Matrix America. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Alex Goff from Golf Rugby Report. Uh, this is Rugged Matrix America, brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. And don't forget, because I often forget to remind you, you can check out all the Rugged Matrix America shows on iTunes. You can also go to ruggamatrix.com see the Rugged Matrix America and Rugged Matrix International shows. And always check out what I'm writing on, Golf Rugby Report, where you can get all the Rugged Matrix America shows and a bunch of other stuff as well. And joined... Pat's taking this one off, but uh, Bruce is with us, and we have a special guest in uh, Rex Norris from Adivis Football, and uh, uh, first of all, Bruce, um, are you – Pat in the other show was talking about how tired he was uh, coaching college rugby. Um, Do you find it uh, exhausting? Because it seemed to me you're more exhausted talking to your accountant.
1: You know what, Alex? I don't actually find it exhausting. It's it's actually refreshing. Um, I have I have to do my my regular job, and then so my my family in rugby tends to be much more refreshing as to how my life goes. So I I, I look forward to it. You know, in a lot of ways, more than re- see for Pat. It's his job.
0: That's so, true. Yeah. That-
1: train you a little bit and there's probably a little bit more in it for me it's my hobby that i take very seriously but it's still my hobby and
0: um there's a difference between you know getting paid and not getting paid so, so there is that spins us right into our guest rex norris because rex uh has been a uh, a paid coach and a coach as a hobby Often at the same time, uh, Rex Norris was a longtime football coach at at Kentwood High School in Washington State, uh, uh, a football power. And at the same time, he, he coached the the Kent Boys team for a while. Uh, uh, took a step back, but he, uh, for a long time, coached the the Kent, Washington, the Kent Crusaders girls high school team. Um, and 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 Rex and I were rivals in that situation uh, during the period 2002 to 2008 when I was coaching the Bud Bay Girls team, and we would be going back and forth. Had an awful lot of close games, um, and a few, awful lot, a awful lot, and a, and a few blowouts. And all of those blowouts went to Kent. So the. the um, when, when uh, Bud Bay was successful, it was very, very close. And when Kent was successful, it was like 50 points. Um, but uh, we, we, we enjoyed being on the opposite uh, sides of the sideline. Um, and, and now uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Rex's work with out of us football. But first of all, Rex, what was it like being a professional coach, but also an amateur coach?
2: you know I, I would have to agree with what's been said so far um, you know you have these duties that that you have to perform you know um, because of you know and, and and you know both have have a checklist but you know when you're when you're a paid coach you know there's there's a lot more to it in regards to you know uh, your coaching staff uh, your parents the a piece of edu- uh, dealing with, you know, grades and, and all of the things that you do, I think on a club level, but uh, a much more, um, high profile situation. Um, there was a lot of things you had to do before you ever got to the field. And, um, it was like, well, the way I approached coaching was like having a second job. So, you know, I was teaching, I was an AP psychology teacher and I was coaching football at Kentwood high school, which is you know, one of the top places in the state to be coaching. And then when rugby came along, you know, and then I added that to the plate. So rugby for me was more of like a relief, like, uh, like what was said ago and, and you know, to be able to get out there and, and know that, you know, that, that all of the, all of the elements of it and the culture of it was going to be completely something that, you know, I created and, and bought into. And in football, I, you know, I, there was, there's, Great tradition at Kentwood and those types of things, but there was just a lot more that you had to do, a lot more checkoffs you had to do.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, good. Now, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this. How did you get started playing rugby? Well, so I was
2: at, uh, Arizona, yeah, I'd never heard of the game actually until I got into college. Um, I was out playing, you know, uh, intramural football with uh, in, at Arizona State University, and my, uh, into my sophomore year, beginning of my junior year, somebody came up to me and asked me if I would like to try rugby, and I, I, I said, sure, sure, what is it? And uh, I remember, uh, you know, I went out to the Arizona State practice for the first time, and they were getting ready for the, uh, I think it was the, um, it was the tournament down in Tucson, it was like the Michelob something, I, I can't remember, and it was, they were really building up to that. My first practice, I could not believe how far everyone went. And I said, there's no way you guys could practice like this every day. You know, I was just, I was just in shock and uh, I'll never forget it. I was sitting there and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. You know, And I'm looking around and I just, I, I, I don't think I can do this. And I looked over and I saw this huge human, you know, about, you know, 10 yards from me and I was watching him and he was suffering too. And I'm like, I've got to do this. I said, if he's putting himself through this, I have to do this. And so after that, I don't remember much. I just started playing rugby and, uh, you know, uh, became very passionate about it in college and I uh, had a great time. It really changed my college experience.
0: Excellent. What position did you play mostly?
2: Uh, I played in the centers and I played at wing.
0: Mm-hmm. All Right. Good. All right. So you 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 continued on the this trajectory, get being involved in, in rugby, but also being in, in involved in football and being a football coach. Uh and, and what's happened now is that you've you've left coaching high school football and, and you are working for Adivis, that's the company that used to be called Serevi. And mm-hmm. uh uh for those scoring at home and and you are head of the football department. Yes. And and um What, what's one, one of the big things that's going on, obviously, it's been talked about a lot, is the, the contact area in football and how rugby is starting to make contributions to football. in uh, Something that some rugby people have been talking about for years and years, about the idea of make, making tackling not only uh, more effective, but safer. Um, and and is, that, is that a big part of what you're working on?
2: hundred percent.
0: Um, you know, when I, when I was approached, <laughs> when I, when I
2: was asked to, to join that, it certainly wasn't, you know, anything that was very clear to me at first. And, you know, there was a lot of discussion that went on, but you know, I, um, certainly there, there's several things here that are really pulling on it. One, the game of football is changing. Um, teams are, well, the athletes, we know, are getting bigger, faster, stronger just because we're getting better at it. We're getting better at preparing those athletes and those types of things. So there's that piece. Um, and because of that, uh, the evolution of the game is starting to happen because you're seeing schemes change and you're seeing the game being spread out. And offensive schemes are playing at a much faster pace and they're putting their players into open space. And it's really taxing the defense. Um there, there's that piece and so defense has to adjust and the and the athletes gonna have to adjust the next thing is just the awareness of concussion education and and what and, and the and the elements that, that trigger concussions and injuries of all kinds um, you know we're getting better and better all the time at collecting data and um, analyzing things and and now um, sports are and coaches are putting under the scrutiny of what are you doing to keep the athletes safe and competent in their technique. Um, I was at the, I was at the game when uh, um, the Lifestead player went down, uh, you know, the Lifestead law that came out in Washington state um, for concussion training for concussions. I was there at that game. It was between Matson and Tahoma high uh, junior high and they had to airlift him out of there. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a you know very disturbing situation, to say the least, and something that's been needed. So um, that's, what, that's what we're looking into, is how can we help programs understand how to effectively educate their athletes to execute effectively and safe, safer. And um, that, that's not an easy thing. It's not just a bunch of drills. And uh, that's a, the one thing that's really come out over the last three months. It's not just a bunch of drills.
0: Good. So that's uh, um, the the Lysted Law. Zachary Lysted was uh, a, a high school football player in the state of Washington. That that was enacted back in I think 2009, and there were concussion protocols uh, put forth four sports teams from there. Um, and, and I think that, um, there were a lot of rugby teams that were, were already following certain protocols that were similar to that. Um, and, and what I remember about, I remember, uh, coaching in a game where one of my players left the field with a suspected concussion and, um, the tournament had hired a, uh, Uh, a medical person to, to be on the sidelines and help us. And that person came back and said, well, I think she's got a concussion. I said, um, yeah, probably. And she said to me, so, um, you know, I, I don't think she can go back in the game and, um, you know, probably not going back in the game. And I was like, I looked at her and said, probably, you know, she's, she's going to be out for minimum two weeks and and she's got to go see a doctor. It's not a case of but but she was used to at the time talking to coaches who are thinking, well, can she shake it off in 20 it, minutes and come back? Oh yeah. 100%. Rex, what
1: or what is Atavis offering to football programs and I would imagine rugby programs similarly, they, you know, what are you offering in terms of concussion education? What are you offering in terms of concussion management? What are you offering in terms of player education and all that kind of stuff? So if you were to give a checklist of, you know, turn this into the Adavis infomercial and, and, and for lack of a better thing, that, that's what I'd like to hear. What is it that you're bringing to the table? What is it that makes it valuable? How can people find out about it? And what does it cost?
2: and And say it in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right <laughs> I'm just saying like you know you gotta checklist of things like what 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 do you i you know i I know that there's gonna be great stuff brought to the table. Let's discuss
2: it, let's bring it up well, that's what I guess what I'm here for yeah. um as far as as far as concussion education i mean we're not we're not going to prescribe ourselves as you know somebody that's delivering a you know an uh you know anything beyond what's being required in regards to recognizing concussions and and you know uh how to assess it you know the decision making that needs to be made on the field the protocol to get them back, back into practice and all those kinds of things that that's being laid out and and we, we follow those i mean if we're in doubt we sit them out i mean that's a That's that's the way it's done at, uh, at, you know, at at Atavis trainings and Atavis camps and anything like that. And um, at the Crusaders, we have a, uh, you know, medical team that has a diplomat uh, education. And diplomat education, there's only like 50 in the country that have it in regards to um, knowing about uh, head trauma and concussion training and concussion assessment and all those types of things. And so... I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to the professionals in, in that regard, and I'm, we're gonna have a very conservative approach to dealing with anyone that deals with an with, with a concussion. So, so when when you're asking me what do we provide in regards to concussion education, I mean I guess that's my answer um, in regards to. Uh, how to educate the athlete? We're talking about how to. Sorry, Rex. Rex, uh, I, wasn't, I, Rex yeah. I, I wasn't saying it. I maybe I came off wrong.
1: I wasn't saying it to say, "What do you provide?" I wasn't saying it to be like a, a jerk. I was saying it to be. No, no, I didn't say it, it that way, way at all. I not figure it out. No, I just like you know, I was like I'm you know that that's all I meant.
2: No, no, yeah, you're wanting to know how can we help reduce, make things safer for the athlete. To sum it up, is that accurate? Yeah, no, I was I, I I noticed the way the way
1: you said that's what we get. I, I was just saying I, I was trying to just get information. I wasn't trying to be. I wasn't trying to be. Yeah, confident. yeah,
2: no worries. Help, sorry. No worries, I, no, no, you have nothing to apologize about. I I think it's a great. I think all of those are valid questions, and I've been getting them since I've been coaching. Period. So. Um, at least by the, the, the parents that wanna know and the you know the, the people that wanna know, they they ask those questions and so I think it's I think it's just something that needs to be asked of everyone. Um, but you know the one is understanding the dynamic of how how what would make a player susceptible to injury which includes which is you know the leader right now the spotlights concussion but now how about shoulder separations or neck injuries or anything along those lines i mean you know there's been some data that's come out that ranks all the injuries and you know besides you know beyond concussion shoulder injuries are some of the top injuries that that happen in contact sports and um and so we're we're talking about techniques that will make the 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 athlete going, you know, in, in contact to be a stronger athlete in contact, be more compact and creating a safer, a safer, uh, colli- you know, not collision, but safer point of contact when they make that tackle. Um, the, and so there's a process we've developed the process, you know, on how that happens. And, and as a football coach, here's the difference, you know, the, the, and you know this, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, you know, overstated but in football as a football coach for 10 years up to about the year 2000 you know for me it was did you make the tackle or not because everything stops and you go back into the into the huddle and in football you can use any means to get them onto the ground as long as you don't face mask them or clothesline them you can't horse collar them now which is another one and, and so, you know, the, the, the attention to detail in the tackle wasn't uh, near uh, scrutinized as it is in rugby because the play stops. In rugby, it's just getting started. And this is where you guys know this. If you don't tackle in a, in a dominant way, you're playing defense for the next five minutes, you know, and, and they've kept the ball. And so we're, you know, in, in rugby, you know, there's rules that you have to wrap. You have to wrap up and make that tackle that's not in football. I I think it should be in football. That would that would inherently change things because it would it
0: actually it would used penalize to be the athletes.
1: It used to be that Say it way. Then again. It used to be that way in the fifties. Yeah, you, oh if yeah. You down, if you weren't held down, you could keep going. So well, you, you know, we'll now, those now you guys of, each other and So you can't chop guys you couldn't chop guys then. They Right. But you could also
2: take the head off with a clothesline as well. Uh is- yeah, and head slap and do a bunch of other stuff and Yeah, the line play was brutal back in the fifties. I mean what 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 happened to a player. But but my point is in the tackle, you know, they don't require it because of all the different situations that pop up. And if it were if it were added, then you, you would see some inherent changes in, in the way the game was played. Um and then, uh, you know, you can grab cloth in the end and you can pull them down, but you, you've got to make the attempt to wrap up. So when you see these guys come in just to, how to, to block somebody and knock them down, you know, that would be a penalty. I, I don't know if you saw the Ohio State Virginia Tech game when the guy made that amazing move to go score, but right along that sideline, the guy that he spun on was coming in to hit him like a block tackle. Did, his arms weren't out. He wasn't looking to wrap and everything. And then you saw that miss. So there you're looking at the effectiveness being, you know, compromised there. But so let me get, and I certainly don't want to dominate the, the topic, but I want to get back to your, to your question. And I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you kind of the categories of things that we provide. And then if you have some questions off of that, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's,
2: but, good. that's good. That's so, so from a, from a, um, from a, you know, from a coaching resource standpoint, um, we have drills that, that break up, you know, the tackle into, into progressions. Um, everything from being on your knees to being up, I don't think that's any different from, from, what, uh, from what rugby coaches have done and what football coaches have done, for that matter, the good ones anyway. But we have, we have a progression of drills that we use that address, you know, tracking in the contact zone. And in those drills, we have, you know, your objectives, your coaching points, you know, the uh, mistakes that you might see, uh, how to teach it, um, you know, those types of things along with video. And so if, if somebody were to, you know, request our, you know, our out-of-the-box fundamental tackling progressions and they went, they worked with us, they would receive um, a, a menu of drills, with coaching sheets and video to support it. And so then they actually get to see the, you know, the drill itself or the athletes themselves performing, it, performing the, uh, the task. Um, we are expanding on that and we're still developing it. And, uh, we're in a developmental stage with that. That's why we have, you know, some select partners that we're working with because we're pretty much in the development stage with that. Because once, once we, once we, get it to the point of being able to provide for somebody that's 2,000 miles away, that's when we're going to have it accessible and much easier to deal with. You know, right now we're just trying to make a great product. Um, From a consulting standpoint, uh, we provide some consulting. So, for instance, there's some coaches that don't necessarily know enough about it that are believing, or let's say that they're, they're doing, they've always done well, you know, and they're coming from strong traditions and they, you know, they don't want to feel, like they're stupid, you know, but they want to see what it's about. And so, you know, to address those, those programs that would like to dip their toe in it, those types of things, we, we provide and, you know, we provide a consulting service where we can introduce the why about what we're doing. We can uh, take a look at what they're doing now and see how we can help improve that, modify it, give them some suggested progressions. Um, and and the things that we've done we've we've created five different types of drills and, and I think that's what that's what out is known for it's it's known for how it coaches the athletes and and so we have five different types of drills that, that we have I asked a coach I've asked college coaches high school coaches and junior high coaches how many types of drills do you have to coach the tackle or anything for that matter and they struggle with that question and and you know, as we've researched it, we understand that athletes learn in multiple ways and it's addressing their, their conscious thought as well as their unconscious thought or their implicit thought. And the type of drills that, that we're implementing aren't always in context. They're not in the context of rugby or context of football. They're in the context of movement and timing and um, the elements that that you know, the principles that are needed to execute the tackle, and develop confidence. You know, I was uh, I was with a college staff uh, in June, and uh, you know, the coach told me he goes, "I don't I don't believe that you can co- teach someone how to tackle that. Either got it or you don't." And I wow. I told him I don't. Uh, yeah, I I told him I said I couldn't disagree with you more. And I I looked at him and I said, Coach, have you ever had an athlete in season lose his confidence in tackling? And there was about three other guys in the room that were player coaches, kind of, you know, guys that were interns and whatnot, and all of them started nodding their (laughs) heads. like, heck, yeah. I said, how do you get that back? I said, do you just hope it comes back? Because we have a process. We have a process to build confidence, to make quicker decisions, and when they miss a play, they pop up and they know what they did wrong, and they have a they have confidence that they can execute that still because they know what it is. Um, and this isn't age specific. I've had I've had coaches go, "We don't have the athletes to execute that," and I'm and I well I just I just say to them I said, "Well, it, I believe that I believe that you think that, but I'm here to tell you that that's that's not accurate as well." So we're talking about all athletes. It's helping great tacklers become even better. It's helping adequate or poor tacklers become competitive, and um, it's not gender specific or anything like that. I mean, and and another piece to it too is uh, another thing that we're providing is is year round um, year round tackle education. So, for instance, um, strength and conditioning elements. So, you know, when they're doing their agility drills, they're in the gym and. And they're out on the field, and they're not using a ball, and they're not using bags. We have drill development that we're creating that's going to provide for that non, for those non-contact time periods that that restrict programs from being able to do things with a ball or a bag or whatever the case may be, and and then also give athletes something that they can even do on their own. Um, we've we are now working with uh, it's it's a developmental partnership with uh, with with huddle and using their their uh, you know their uh, expertise and being able to uh, record and assess and help analyze movement and games and competitions and everything else to have to give access to athletes as well and so this is something that we're building and um um, another, another piece, too, that we're providing that, that I'm really excited about is analysis. Analysis in game, analysis in practice, and it's data-driven to help with the types of drills that are going to be created for those kids. So, for instance, a week is over with, right? And the coach uh, has an issue, something that he saw in the game. And, you know, if the coach can address the issue or they can turn it over to us and let us truly look at it and really... Come up with the three variables, two to three variables that that they were, you know, not performing at a high level, and then prescribe, you know, progressions of drills that could that they could use in their time frames. You know, it, it's it's interesting because football teams in season average ten minutes a day tackling, and you got to get your bang for your buck.
0: Yeah, definitely on that. So, but Rex, do you? You no know, i I think you know our audience here is a rugby audience um but a lot of people who either played football or are involved in football and and I feel like there's a little bit more of a a marriage between the two sports um the way perhaps there was uh some decades ago um less of an adversarial relationship in certain places um You've obviously bridged it um individually. And, um, sure. and, and, and I, I think a lot of people think about, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff that pertains to what I'm saying here, <laughs> but first of all, you know, rugby people have been saying for a long time that rugby is safer than football, but we say it so much that we tend to, sometimes we want to gloss over the dangerous aspects of rugby just as, you know, um, everything from the bad self reporting on concussions which um the b b c talked a lot about to uh just the 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 other injuries you mentioned the shoulder injuries, some of the other things that can happen in a rugby game um mm-hmm. that you know the the neck injuries and scrums things like that um that that need to be taken care of but we still think there's something to offer rugby to football and that that's certainly part of what you're doing with that of us is there also is the, is there is is there more is there more for rugby to give football and is there also more for football to give rugby is this relationship able to build um in the whether it's the point of contact or it's organization or things like that
2: okay. no question no question about it I, you know, as a football coach, it's funny because, you know, I was at the level, I was at a level 300, uh, rugby, uh, session. And it's interesting because the level of preparation before practice that's done in football and, and the, you know, the itemizing of time and all that stuff certainly has made or makes football. More uh, um, effective with their time, their ability to analyze things and uh, to, to to create measurements for that. Um, if you if you were to talk to some rugby coaches that, you know, I, I know some rugby coaches that have gone to university, the, how it is that they break down and films, and I, and I know at the high levels in rugby that's happening at a very extensive level. I know that, but. But just to know that that's something that can be done at any level um, is something that, that rugby programs could learn from. And it would speed, the I think, the evolution of the game up and create higher levels of, of play. No question about it. Um, I think uh, football, especially with the way that the game is changing, can learn – from rugby in the way that the game of rugby and the rugby practice educates its athletes. You know, that uh, distributed leadership model where it's the athletes that are, you know, the, the center of learning. It's not the, the coach that's the center of, of the learning process.
0: Does that, does that make sense? No, you it doesn't. Does, I mean, they're... you, you've got, there's this almost deification of some college football coaches, that the you know the players churn through the program, but coach is is um, is elevated to this this iconic level, and to the point that the the coach you know whatever coach tells you to do, just wait for coach to tell you to to do something. And that's <laughs> been has been an argument in in rugby. There are certain rugby teams that are criticized because the the players don't don't think for themselves enough because of, of how they're coached. Um, and, and there are, um, you know, the, the there are other coaches who just sort of like, I mean, the, the, there are rugby coaches who coach their team during the week and then go off and buy a hot dog during the football, during the, during the game because they said, well, I've done my job. Let them just take care of it, which just amazes me that they do that. But, um, it's all, all over that. Now, you have, I mean, Bruce, the, I, told, I, told, yeah, I told this story about Bruce before at the 2008 Super League Final where there was a penalty, and they, the players are trying to do decide what to do, and there's silence in the stadium, and all you can hear is Bruce yelling, take the effing line out, just screaming across <laughs> the field. Uh, so sometimes, there's, you know, the coach wants something to happen, but... Um, I, I guess that there there is that that concern about making the coach bigger than everything else
2: and you know and, and it's it is it's a it's kind of a it, it goes along a, a, a you know a long you know progression i mean there's some programs that start over every year you know for instance you know in our program we had eight returning players with twenty six rookie I mean you can't just turn over everything to them you can you can teach them in that way, but when it comes to the game, I mean, at the beginning of the season, you'll be a little bit more directive, and then the the hope is, is by the end of the season, they've taken some of those concepts, and they're able to make decisions on their own.
0: Good. Bruce, what do you find with regard to um, the when a football player shows up at practice, a men's practice or a college practice, as opposed to Another athlete, or somebody who's been playing rugby a long time, is there something that has to be beaten out of them, or is there is there, <laughs> is, there a, is there a a, a benefit?
1: Um, well, most of the time, a rugby player who's been playing a long time, if he's not awesome, probably doesn't like. He probably isn't a great hitter, and so he needs to be he needs to be taught things so that he has a lot of confidence going into the tackle i find that it, like if you focus i think what what happens when people miss tackles is that they focus on the whole person instead of focusing on a target and if they just focus on a target then they'd be all right um and what what tends to happen with football players, the only thing that really needs to be beaten out of them is putting their head across the body. So, like, when the football coaches tell you, bite the football, that that tends to be something that can get you injured or, you know, get you kind of a, a, neck, a neck injury or a concussion or whatever. So, that's the only thing that really needs to be beaten out of them. In my experience, you know, when you're dealing with good players... When you're dealing if you're dealing with a really good athlete, um, where the rugby player probably isn't as strong in the tracking component as a football player would be, and the football player probably and and the rugby player wouldn't be as 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 strong in say the leg drive component as a football player would be, but the football player will tend to to go and 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 put his head in harm's way a little bit too often, and, and that feeling, thing it really needs to be kind of coached out of guys. And I'm just saying, guys who are good athletes, that tends to be what what I find in general.
0: Rex, are you finding so? so are you finding uh, like a more of an open door here? I mean, we 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 had the announcement um, earlier in September. Uh, the, uh, the University of Washington, uh, is, is working now with Adavis football and Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and there's a, there's a reason perhaps there's, there's an obvious reason as far as I can see why those two programs are, were signed on first. Um, number one, that, uh, uh, at, at UW, the head coach. Um, at dub at the the head coach uh, Chris Peterson. He actually, when he was at Boise State, yeah, he, he reached yeah. out to the Snake River team, uh, uh, and he was lucky because the head coach at Snake River is a former uh, Eagle and Mike Saunders, and and and. He tried to get ahead of the whole uh, concussion issue. He was a groundbreaker there, so there's that. And Ohio State, I guess we could say that there's the there's the Nate Ebner connection, the the rugby player who became a football player, um, never played football in high school, and goes and plays football for Ohio State, and now is playing for the New England Patriots. So I guess there's that connection. But um, are we going to see more? Are we are we seeing the 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 minds open to uh, Try and you know, not. Uh, it seems like football is. Uh, football coaches are often sort of afraid of rugby in a little in in, in a certain way. So, are are we? Uh, and you know, I I would say you know because
2: there's not a lot of head football coaches that have rugby teams in this country. I mean, I could maybe think of four, and so yeah, there is that. that that uncertainty, but it it comes more down to a mindset more than anything. You have an open mindset or a closed mindset. You know, closed-minded coaching are, I I feel, are coaches that think that you should be specializing in one sport. And so now it's an element that, that centers around that, not just because it's rugby, but it could be lacrosse, it could be basketball, it could be track, it could be anything. And they, I've seen it where some coaches will monopolize the whole thing and, and not let us let their, their assets out. Um, open mindsets allow for that. Uh, and then there's the next piece, the uncertainty uh, thinking that you're going to get injured, you know, in rugby because of their perception about the way the game is played. And I've taken a lot of data on that. There's been more injuries in football than in rugby. uh it's not even worth discussing. I've got a notebook full of all the paperwork that I had last year of injuries. And then I have a folder full in rugby. That's not to say that athletes don't get injured. It's just that the, the sports are played differently. Football is a collision sport and rugby is a contact sport. Way different. And so, you know, the type of the type of contact that's happening is different. And, um, you know, for the amount of actual playing time, you know, the actual playing time is you're seeing a higher rate of injury. And, and from my perspective and, and with the data that you're seeing uh, in football, than you are in rugby.
0: And it's interesting that the crossover back to what Bruce was talking about, um, the crossover from football back to rugby, you go to the Kent Crusaders girls' team, no team hits harder than that team in the country. I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's re- really debatable. Um, having observed girls' rugby play, no team I, hits harder. I think there's some pretty but no, there good are some pretty good There are some very good rugby teams, and some who are extremely physical. But in terms of right. uh, really just, like, teeth-rattling hits, tackles consistently, no mm-hmm. team hits harder, and it's every year that it's like that. And I, coaching against you, I had, like, two players – who would be up at that level, you know, that that, um and I know that you are coaching like, you know, that's that's the girl we gotta be worried about in contact. It's like everybody on Kent you have to be worried about in contact, including the tiny ones. So um it's interesting interesting uh way that it goes about. Um uh, Rex, what's next for Out of us then? Out of us football. What right now what we're doing is we're
2: We're bringing a digital platform to our coaching resources and we are converting those things that we've created and turning them over. Right now, so that's happening. Uh, We are in the middle of developing our analysis tool that can be used and be told by, and that can be used by a lot of different types of stakeholders. For instance, the media, um, the coaching coaching staffs, players, um, uh, professional trainers uh, and even uh, you know medical teams, and so we're we're really working on on that you know that kind of that ecosystem of information that can be used, and and you know we're making some big strides with that. Um, and then we just got to make it user friendly and efficient. Uh, the next then after that, like this next month we're going to be. Creating uh, S and C programming, strength and conditioning components that can be used in the off-season, preseason, and in-season um, to help create a, a, a player education that goes year-round. And we did we did some uh, some analysis on how much time is actually being spent coaching the tackle and. When we ask the coaches and we get their infrastructure and what they do, we come up with this: is how many minutes you're actually using to educate your players in tackling. Now, That's not counting team and you know inside seven or seven on seven and those types of things, because that's you don't you're not learning there. You're having to execute. You're not perfecting your craft. You're actually in combat, and so we're actually talking about drills dedicated to improving the tackle. Um, with the way that we're going about it, you know, we could double, triple, quadruple the amount of tackling education that a, that that a player gets. So they could get about three years worth of of tackling education before they ever hit the field. In regards to minutes, so let's say a team has 360 minutes that they have in a season. Well, using our programming, they could have three times that. Now, how would you like, Alex, to be able to have a rugby team that steps on the field that has a really good understanding of, of timing and footwork and tracking and contact before you start practice? Yeah,
0: it would be fantastic.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's, well, now you just All get right. to be the coach and not be the, you know, I mean, in regards to how to play the game. That's that's really where they are in, in foreign countries, because they're doing that year-round.
0: That's good. That's good. For Bruce, you have anything?
1: What do you do on the mental side of it? Is there, anything, is there anything, or is there something that, is that going to be something for the future?
2: For the athlete or the, coach? for the, athlete or the
1: coaches? Athlete. Uh, it's, in
2: five, uh, it's in those five different types of drills that we're, that we're using. It's hitting them on a conscious level and a and a subconscious level, implicit learning. When you look at the data that's out there about um, motor skill development, I mean, the, the the most retention is is had in the implicit memory, right? The the memory that starts to happen faster than you can think. So when you look at reflexes and and doing things before you think about it, and that 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 is coming from implicit memory, and when 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 skill levels tend to drop is when you're fatigued, stressed, um, under pressure, those types of things, and because at a conscious level, there's a sequence that that the thought comes through. At an implicit level, you start doing things before you can think about it, and we feel that what we're doing is tapping into that, and we're seeing it. Um, I... I made some changes this year. I did some things I'd never done before on the rugby field in regards to how we practice, and I just committed to it because I was seeing some things that I didn't hadn't seen, and and I didn't necessarily know what I was looking at. I had to give it a chance and, and take a look at what was happening, and the results were phenomenal. I mean, you know, Alex talked about, you know, Alex talked about the fact that, that, we, that we hit well and, and you know we execute in the tackle, but that happened at such a higher rate this year than I've ever experienced. And it was, and I'm a firm believer is the way that we programmed how to do it. And um, we had eight players, eight total players coming back that had ever touched a rugby ball, and we played the national championship game this year. And 26 rookies. And how did that even happen? I mean, I I certainly didn't expect that to happen. You know. And we have 20 girls coming back next year, 20 athletes that have already been through that, and now we're going on to another level. We're actually doing other things now
0: that we haven't
2: done. And so I'm, it's, the tie, it's the way that the athletes learn. is. is so when you ask the mental side of it, we're, we're, we're approaching that by creating different types of drills, different types of complexity, altering the drills, varying the drills, not letting them be the same thing all the time.
0: So that's, that's that is a, a good point too. Not find and it, in the end, uh, a lot of coaching does seem to be trying to find a way to teach the same thing, uh, but not always in the same way. Uh, uh, so so exactly. kids don't get bored. Um, coach doesn't get bored, um, and uh, and they still learn stuff. And and as always happens, and and I think Rex, you as a teacher probably find this too, that uh, a, a different approach turns the light on for a different kid or a different a different person. Uh, so something that's not working. Our, our, yeah, I mean, our, in, in our drills,
2: have you ever had to say, come on, guys, give them a good look? You know, make sure you do it good for that. That's not what's happening. The motivation's up, the competitiveness is up, the, the, the enjoyment of it. I mean, so we're, we're really excited about it and and we're and that's that's attributed that's to the way out of us approaches educating everything from the past to attack patterns to to tackling to how we and we in the, the coach ed that we're doing to help we give coaches tools and and the resources to be able to do that with their players because this isn't the world according to out we're we're wanting to support programs so they can go out and do that. Because we want to see rugby get better. We want to see football get better.
0: It's good. The world according to Adamus. I kind of like that. I think I thought it was the world according to Atavis. Uh If not at, <laughs> not at all. If you are uh, listening to this show as a rugby fan, uh, uh, might be useful to 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 get a football coach. You know, to listen to it too. Um, there is a lot to be learned from both. Sports for those other sports, and we know that in rugby um, sometimes we get on our high horse about it, but perhaps now is a good time uh, to do it. Um, Rex, Rex Norris, who is uh, uh, head of football uh, operations for uh, Adivas and uh, coach at uh, the Kent Crusaders girls team, and longtime championship coach at Kentwood High School in Washington. Uh, the state of Washington. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Uh, uh, not surprised that it was uh, very educational. Great. Yeah. And
2: uh, we'll be at we'll be at some football clinics starting in January and February, and, and hopefully we'll get a better voice out there in regards right. to what that
0: Sounds good. Check out of us.com. We'll have some information on it on Golf Rugby Report. Dot com. That's going to do it for this show. A slightly different show, but a uh, uh, really interesting one. And uh, don't forget to check out Rugger America at Rugamatrix.com as well as golfrugbyreport.com and also on iTunes. And for Bruce McLean and for the uh, uh, vacationing, it's not really vacationing, Pat Clifton, uh, we want to thank you for listening to Rugger Matrix America.